everybody. Thanks for joining me for this week's episode of Be Your Best Horsemanship. This is Phil Haugen coming to you from our training facility on a chilly morning. We're having a little cold spell move through here. So uh, I'm taking advantage of this morning and getting some stuff done in the office, doing a podcast and letting that sun come out and warm up a little bit. Today, I've got a lot of things I'm going to go over. First off, I've been talking about having Boone back and and roping on him, and uh, he's taking a little break from being a barrel horse. And uh, as I've spoke about before, Tanner Rennick had had him for several months and uh, done an outstanding job on him. Tanner is a really, really good hand with a horse and has a great work ethic and a great person. And when I got him back, though, some of the things that are a result of being in training for that event for the barrel racing is, you know, he was running hard. When he'd get to running real hard, sometimes he'd lose his collection. You know, part of collection is having the ability to get ready to be in a collected position. And really, it's something that I kind of really realized with him is Boone didn't he didn't really lose his collection, but he loses some of that ability to get ready to collect. And I think that's so, you know, I think that's so common in some of those horses that are used in a speed event where we're really and truly, they, they have to put out so much effort and they try so hard that they don't, I don't know that they necessarily lose collection, but but they lose that point where they understand when to get ready to collect. And, and that's because of speed. And that's just something that over time is going to improve. And so when I got Moon back and I started roping on him, he's riding great. I mean, he rides around great. But when I started roping on him, I pin roped on him for a couple days and then I put started walking out of the corner and putting him on a calf. And then when I started leaving the corner, when I dropped my hand and asking him for it, just kind of like he was going to the first barrel, he'd try really, really hard. And right when we get to that spot where he needs to rate and get ready to stop, we lost that, we lost that moment of preparation that he needed to have in there. And then when he did stop, he was stopping so hard. When a horse stops that hard, and and this is this is something everybody needs to think about with whatever discipline you're using your horse for. When a horse stops so hard like that, the centrifugal force that they put on the front end of their body and on their front feet is tremendous. And so to counteract that centrifugal force, a lot of times a horse will get kind of stiff in that front end because they're they're not only using that front end for balance, they're using that front end to brace, to keep their body from dropping plumb down to the ground. And like with Boone, he is really that way. Like when he does something, he's all in. And so when I got him back at first, I thought, man, he's a little sticky on his front end and he's 
he's getting stiff in that front end. Well, he was, but the reason he was doing it, he was going into his stop so hard that that centrifugal force was sending a lot of pressure to that front end. Well, to counteract that, to take some of that centrifugal force off of that front end, what I need to do is get more slide in him. So I tell you what I did, and Tana's got a really good shoer that shoes for her. I just took the shoes off that she had on him and I put a set of sliders on, on Boone's back end. And when I put those sliders on, I just took and rode him around and I let him stop and I let him feel how much easier that was with those sliders. It was so much easier for him to get his hind quarter under him. And what that did, as he figured out it was so much easier to get that, that his hind quarter underneath him and get some slide, what that did was take all that pressure, not all that pressure, but took a lot of that centrifugal force off of that front end. Well, then it freed the front end up to where he went back to pedaling with that front end. And it wasn't but about four or five days to where we can be going as fast as he can go. And he's going he's gonna to get in that stop and stay in it. And the thing is, when he does that, he's so much more balanced. And I'm not, I'm not telling everybody to run out and put sliders on your horse. But at the same time, you know, I think there are times with what we're doing with our horses that we definitely need to consider looking at some alternatives to make what our weakness is to make it easier for our horse. And so in this situation, and, and I'll be the first to admit, I never used to put sliders on anything. And, I, and this isn't a podcast promoting sliders, don't get me wrong. In this situation where Boone was at in his training and for what I was using him for, it was a great alternative to what we were doing because now if I was working him on the barrel pattern, no, I absolutely not. I wouldn't have sliders on his back end. But in the roping where you're running straight to a spot and then you're rating and you're stopping, it was, I think it's the perfect combination for helping him get confidence that he can get balanced on that hindquarter and get more comfortable and get some pressure off of that front end because a horse that really grabs the earth with their hindquarter is going to put some centrifugal force, some pressure on that front end and on those front feet. And when that happens, if that back end doesn't slide some, that front end is just naturally gonna get kind of bracy and sticky because that horse is, he's just trying to stand up, right? So, you know, just like with Boone, what I'm doing with him now is I'm, I'm riding him, I'm working on stops, I'm working on turns, you know, I'm roping on him, I'm letting him gain confidence and getting that balance and making life easy for him. Now, is that something that I'm gonna leave on him, take to a roping, or when, when he goes back to Tana, 
to get ready to go to some of these futurities this spring? Am I going to leave them on them? No, I won't. We'll, I'll think about it and we'll find some compromise in there for his back end. Now I do, I do use a little wider shoe on the back end and I don't normally use a shoe on the back end with any kind of a grip or a rim. But if, if that's something your horse needs, that, then do it. Shoeing is just like training horses, just like applying your training process. For me, shoeing, I need to look at the horse and decide what's going to help make his job easier. And like for right now, what I did with Boone has made his job easier. It's made it to where he can go into that big stop and slide and pedal that front end. Well, that's going to feel really, really, really good when, when you go back to putting him on the pattern. And I still work him on the pattern slow. You know, I'll let him, I just make it easy for him. I'm not making any hard runs. And, and like I said, with sliders, I would never make a hard run on a horse, especially on the barrel pattern. It's, it's not going to be, you know, just going to make it too hard for your horse. But straight lines, just like in the roping, like for him, where he's at, it, it was a great, uh, I think it's been a, I think it's been a great change to help him get better and to relax a little bit because the slide, even on, even on younger horses, anything you can do, even if you just put a, a regular shoe that maybe is a little wider and you use a little smaller nail and you make it to where they're not as grabby, well, that's going to make it to where that horse's hind leg comes underneath them easier might make it to where you get some of that pressure off that front end. You know, because anytime your horse, the, the one thing I could feel on Boone, when he was really getting into that stop and turn, the, that force onto his front end, anytime your horse is hitting hard on their front end, and you got a lot of force on that front end, they're going to they're gonna be pulling on your bridle rein. There, there's going to be some pressure on that bridle rein. That horse is head's going to drop and they're going to push because when a horse pushes on that front end, a lot of times their head drops as part of that push. And in any way, it's probably more than likely it's that way for you too. If it's not great, but for me, that's what happens with my horses. They want to push kind of root into that bit a little bit. And boy, I, I do not like that. I do not like that because anytime Anytime they're pulling on my hand, we're pretty much stiff in all five body parts. Front end loaded, back hollowed out, stiff in their head, neck, shoulders, rib cage, hind quarters, right? So, you know, anything we can do to help that horse get more balanced on their hind quarter, get a little more slide in there, because when you slide in there, when a horse gets a little bit of slide and gets more balanced on that hind quarter, they get so much more round in their back. That rib cage naturally picks up. They get round in their back. It makes everything you do from the saddle horn forward so much easier, so much easier. So, you know, that that's one thing I've been working on 
a bunch with Boone. Some of the other things with Boone, like anytime you go to putting speed with anything on a young horse, you know, the wheels may not come off the wagon, but they might sure might rattle a little bit at times. And, uh, you know, that's kind of how he was. And Tana and I had talked about it. You know, he's inconsistent. We know that. He's behind, and that's not that's not on anybody but me. But the reality is, if I'm not here, I'm not here. You know, if, I, if I'm gone and, you know, I was just looking at my clinic schedule for this spring, you know, uh, March, April, and May is really, really busy. I'm not going to get a ton of rides on any horses. You know, what I do get will be good rides, but as far as consist the consistency is going to be inconsistent. And, you know, I may get two good days. I might get four good days, but there aren't any five or six day in a row deals in there. So, you know, you, you do the best you can with what you have. That's all there is to it. Do the best you can with the schedule you have, but don't ever be afraid or don't ever get so stuck in your ways that you don't continually look for ways to help your horse make the result that you desire that you're trying to achieve don't ever quit looking for ways to help them make that easier to do and so just like now when i go to lope boone around and I'm just loping some nice circles and maybe I'm working on lead changes. Maybe I'm working on pushing his hip in, pushing his hip out. When I just sit down and drop my hand, we just got this nice little pretty slide and he just melts into the ground and, and I'm not having to assist him. I'm not having to pull on him. When I do some rundowns where I just, where I squeeze him forward, keep him behind the bridle and I take my legs off and sit with with a pretty good with with quite a little bit of speed he'll still stay round his head won't elevate he gets round in his back and the reason he's doing it is because he's figured out he can do it and that his body will let him do that now when we when i put a regular set of plates you know a regular set of the wider plates on him will it that be as easy for him no but still, during this time, I've helped him gain more confidence that he can get the, his body in that position. And so as that confidence builds later on, you know, when, when there is a change, he'll still believe that he can do that. And, and, I, th and I think that's just a huge thing. That's just a, I think that is just a huge thing with a young horse help them be successful it's just like helping young people help them be successful you know we don't need to be told what we're doing wrong we need to be told what we can do to make it better uh, i you know yesterday i had a and this was a great honor for me i i got asked to speak to the fourth fifth and sixth graders at Thomas Elementary School. And my wife is a fourth grade teacher there. And the principal called and asked if I would come speak to them on sportsmanship, which was really cool because number one, you know, when the guy walks in with boots and a cowboy hat and, 
and you know this is western oklahoma so there's a lot of the western industry out here so those kids understand cowboys and horses and all that but you know in preparing for my i had uh five to ten minutes to speak and i probably worked on that five to ten minute speech for i don't know several hours and i practiced several different speeches and i because number one i didn't want to embarrass my wife because the other teachers are there <laughs> i didn't want bridget to be having to hang her head the rest of the <laughs> rest of the school year <laughs> because of what her idiot husband said while he was up there but you know i thought of those young kids and i thought back of when i was in fourth fifth and sixth grade and sportsmanship really sportsmanship to me is is how you act and how you treat others you know i went with that and then it, i thought it was a great opportunity to get to talk to some young people about the value of effort because i'll tell you what here's what happened to me when i was in fourth grade i think we started playing flag football in fourth grade and we started playing basketball at what what we would what most people would call the y the ymca but and and my dad i was really really lucky my dad was my, and my dad and i didn't always get along great mostly because sometimes i was a turd head but you know it, with him it was really things were really really black and white he didn't care what we did but whatever we were going to do he'd support it but the one thing he required is whatever we were going to do, we were going to try hard. We were going to put out effort. And it didn't matter if it was school, piano, band, football, basketball, whatever, you know. And so I learned that early. I, I mean, really, I was, it was kind of perfect timing because I, I really learned that in fourth grade because that's when I started playing sports. And just like talking to those fourth, fifth, and sixth graders yesterday, it was uh it was a great opportunity for me to pay that forward. I mean to carry that on. So really to me yesterday it was kinda like my dad talking and I was passing that on and I it made me tell you what, it made me feel proud because I was I felt like I wish he was there so I could say, you know, what, what you told me, you know, I got to pass on to fourth, fifth, and sixth graders today about effort. And so going back to sportsmanship, I thought about, okay, what, what I learned as a fourth, fifth, and sixth grader, I still use today in my business, how you act, how you treat people, right? I mean all of us i don't care what you're doing right now whatever business or career you're in it's all about how we act and how we treat people and like for me with with getting to speak with them bridget had made mention that that you know the the frustrating part of teaching is when they won't try they won't try and you're trying hard teachers putting out a lot of effort and the student just won't try to do their work and that's one of the things i got to talk to him about yesterday was effort 
because really and truly, everything we do in our lives, our success depends on one word, and that's effort. Are you willing to put in the work? And here's the thing, with effort, like I got to tell those fourth, fifth, and sixth graders, you might as well make up your mind right now you're going to put out the effort because it's this simple. If you get in the habit of putting out the effort, you can achieve everything you want to achieve and you can have a great life if you decide that you will put out the effort. But if you decide you won't, or if you won't put out the effort, you aren't guaranteed any of those things. And I would say there's a 99% chance you won't achieve those things. And like I told them, it doesn't cost anything to put out effort. Nobody charges you a penny for it. It's just something, it's a decision. You know, we always talk about choices. You know, like talking to them and I don't, and there were some of those kids that they got it. You know, you could tell they were listening. And number one, when you have a cowboy hat on and boots and you kind of talk loud, <laughs> you know, you can get people's attention, especially I only had, you know, they limited me to 10 minutes and I could have talked for 10 hours on that subject, but you know, it was uh, the things I did say, the reason it took so long for me to prepare for it is because, and it was a great, it was a great opportunity for me because number one, I wasn't comfortable up there. I wasn't comfortable in front of all those little, those kids and those teachers. So I had to tell myself, you need to be, you need to be excited about being uncomfortable because you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and then secondly when I go to talking about something and some of you probably think this but I can I can go off in all kinds of different areas that's part of the reason that I can click the record now button on my podcast and then I have to hurry up and finish before it cuts me off at 30 minutes because I can one thought can lead to another, can lead to another, can lead to another, and I don't ever have a script that I go by when I'm doing a podcast. So those 10 minutes that I had, I really wanted it to have some substance because I look at it like this, you know, you had, I don't know how many, there's probably, I didn't count them of course, but I don't know, there's probably 100 kids there, 90 or 100 kids. And I always look at a group like that and I'm like, if I can, if I can affect one, if I can affect one, if one person makes a change, you know, I talk to them about sportsmanship and how, how you act and how you treat people. It's not just at a sporting event. It's every day. It's when you, when you got up in the morning, did you make your bed? Did you put some effort into getting dressed? Did you put some effort into brushing your hair and, you know, brushing your teeth? Did When you walked in that morning, it was a Monday morning. Yesterday was Monday morning. It was cold. You know, did you smile and 
say hi to your teacher. I mean, that costs nothing except a little bit of effort. If somebody dropped their book, did you stop and help them pick it up? That costs nothing. Just a little bit of effort. You know, did you did you help somebody? Did you did you were you nice to somebody? Or were you nice to yourself? You know, did you say some good things to yourself about, you know, when you when you smile and say hello to somebody, tell yourself, you know, if your name, if it's Sarah, say, Sarah, that was nice of you. You know, we don't do enough of that. We don't do enough of that. You know, and so I think it was uh, it was a great opportunity. And the word sportsmanship, there are so many parallels from where they're at in their lives to where we're at in our lives now. You know, we minimize their challenges. We minimize their problems. But to them at that age, those are big challenges. Those are big problems. And like I explained to them, just like when you're struggling in class, because I told them I wasn't the best student. I wasn't the best athlete. I was a real middle of the roader. And, but I figured out because of my dad that whatever you're doing, you better try hard. And here's the thing. When I started out, the only reason I tried hard was so I didn't have to listen to him when I got home. <laughs> I mean, plain and simple. I mean, that is a conversation you did not want to have with my dad. Because when I walked in that door, I didn't want him to say, you're going to, you're going to either try hard or else. And, and really and truly, you didn't want or else. So to start out with, I just tried hard because I didn't want that. And I think I would have tried pretty hard anyway, but I tried harder because of the expectations of my dad. Well, which is good. That's the biggest blessing he could have ever gave me at the time. I thought he was kind of a, you know what, but that's the biggest blessing he could have ever gave me. Well, we need that. We need that. We need to, exp not only now, we don't need somebody else expecting it of us. We need to expect it of ourselves, plain and simple. We got to expect it of ourselves because like I told that group of four, fourth, fifth, and sixth graders, the rewards will be tremendous. So whether it's life, horsemanship, whether it's, you know, me putting out the effort to figure out what I could do to help Boone make his life easier and help him gain confidence, takes effort. Put out the effort today and every day. So I got to wrap it up. I got about 30 seconds. Thanks. To all of you for listening, gosh, we appreciate you. Love the feedback. Thanks for sharing. Have a great week of training. God bless each and every one of you. And always, today and every day, put out the effort. And let's be our best. Hey, thanks for joining us on today's show. To learn more about the training program that inspired the Be Your Best podcast, Head over to philhavenhorsemanship.com and join our online community by following us at Horsemanship on Facebook or Instagram. 
This is where we're going to be sharing tons of training tips and information about how you can experience our Training Through Understanding program at one of our upcoming clinics. As you go through the day today, I want to encourage you to figure out one thing you can do to get 1% better, whether that is in your horsemanship journey, your career, or your personal life. Own it and be your best. God bless and have a great day of training.